Hey there, everyone. It is Denise Salcedo. Welcome back to the channel. I am so excited because I have been waiting for this interview for quite some time, and we finally have it here today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome former seven-time knockout champion, Impact Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen, Gail Kim. What's up, Gail? Denise, finally, we're doing this. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. The second that I saw that there was an opportunity to interview you, I was like, I'm going to jump on this right yes. now. I was like, hook me up with Gail. Let's get this. I don't care what time we need to make it happen. You look absolutely stunning, by the way. Thank I love the ponytail. The, <laughs> I'm like nowhere near you, but I love the slick back ponytail, the earrings, the very chic black look. This is like, I'm feeling this entire vibe right now. Thank you. <laughs> I actually... You know, I always go on the uh, road for weeks at a time. So it's kind of like whatever I pack, you just got to put it together. That's true. You, you kind of kind of work with whatever you ended up deciding you were going to take yes, with you, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, take, no take backs. Exactly. Now, I know you guys are doing media day today. You got a lot going on. But before we get into it, I do want to ask you, how are you? Uh, how's your day been so far? How's the weekend been so far for Good. you? I mean, this week, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I was in Oregon to see Christy Hemmings, my best friend. And she's got five beautiful children. And I'm the godmother to two of them. And I haven't seen them pre uh, since pre COVID. And so Tanea, I'm oh, sorry, Rebel from AW, she was going to visit and I said, can I come along too so I could see my godchildren and have girl time. It was incredible a uh, couple of days. I'm in Las Vegas next after this and then I'll be home. Oh my God. I love it. I'm so glad you got to see the babies. I can only imagine five kids and the two of them being your godchildren. That's so awesome. I it's love that. That sounds like it's a very a sweet good time. I have children of my own. So I'm like, oh, it's a lot. And I have nothing but respect for the moms out there. I mean, for one, for two, for five. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, I have so much respect it's... for Christy because she's working at the same time as having five children. It's uh, she's superwoman to me seriously seriously i can't even imagine you're like one person taking care of one person is enough there's a I lot that goes it's into a that it's a lot yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right into this interview. So I want to start talking about because I wanted to uh, kind of give you just a really quick background about like, so I first started watching Impact Wrestling around like 2007, 2008, but I watched everything out of order. I was going, you know, during this time, I would go to the stores and get the DVDs and I would oh, just wow. like pick random DVDs, you know, at FYE and try to see what I could yeah. watch. And I will tell you that when I watched your feud with Awesome Kong, it was literally the first time I had ever seen anything like it. It was totally different from what I had been used to seeing before. So I want to start things off there because I want to ask you how that feud changed your entire career. I mean, it legitimately put my career on the map, to be honest, because, you know, I was kind of thrown into WWE. I, I, I worked the independence, wanted to be a wrestler. And I got signed when I was really green. Like, I can admit that now. I was not experienced. I was thrown to the wolves, which I learned so quickly. Um, but it was crazy because I worked the independent scene as a heel predominantly. And so everyone saw me as this baby face. And I didn't even know how to be a baby face. It was scary, you know, because 
any wrestler can tell you, unless it's a natural inclination to be a baby face, uh, it's harder to make the fans love you than hate you, right? So um, it's crazy. And then winning the title in your first match is just like this blur of a whirlwind. And I didn't know how to really handle it, I guess. You know, and if you start at the top, there's nowhere to go but down or stay cruising. Um, so when, and, and then women's wrestling was essentially almost killed in a way you could say, or died um, because the diva search came along and then, you know, WWE pretty much predominantly set the standard for what women's wrestling would be seen as. And so, you know, it was the only major company around and TNA was just starting to build. So then once I got released, I really had no passion for the business. My passion was essentially just died. And so I didn't know what to do. And uh, fast forward, I took like two bookings that year only because of my passion level. And one of them was with a predominantly TNA crew, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Demore, AJ Styles, all these people. And we went to Australia and that's where I met Jeff and he saw something in me and they said, we want to build a women's division and we just don't have the time for it now. So we'd like you to be a part of the roster, but that's where we would like to go. And so fast forward another year and a half. So it's always taken time to build this. Um, they tested out the waters with me and Jackie, and then it was just successful. And then we went on and they built this division. And so when Loki told me about Awesome Kong, her name was Amazing Kong at the time in Japan, I just heard about this. I'd never seen her work. I just heard he described her to me. And I thought, this woman sounds incredible and different. And let's bring her in, I said to Dutch Mantel, right? And so they brought her in and I didn't know what to expect. Um, and they wanted to set up Bound for Glory for the title for the gauntlet with a singles match with the girls. We had a lumberjill type match where the girls were just kind of around the ring while we wrestled. And when she walked out with that music, and she, her persona, it was terrifying, right? She is so talented in every way, her facials, her, her presence. And I just knew I had to bring it. And she obviously could take it. I mean, she's a tough woman. She came from Japan and we just had this um, magical chemistry right off the bat. We just, we didn't know what it was gonna be. And at that time, because women was just women's wrestling was just being reborn again, they kind of kept everything really simple and basic when it came to uh, the women's programs and feuds and storylines. And that was with me and Kong. And, you know, just to have the setup of a David and Goliath type heel and baby face, uh, it was the perfect formula as long as we performed on that level that they wanted. And... I mean, it was magical, to be honest, and we didn't know what to expect. And definitely the most, uh, the my favorite match of my career was with Awesome Kong, um, just for so many reasons. But the storytelling, you know, the David and Goliath, like I said, the fan reaction, um, helping women's wrestling get back on the map. It was truly a special time. And, you know, when you're actually living it, you don't know what's happening really. And now I can look back and, you know, to this day have fans come up to me at any signing. I've always Awesome Kong is brought up. And for fans to have remembered matches that happened that long ago, that's 
so special to me. That's all I've ever wanted. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> well, because I was going to ask you, you know, it's, you know, it's been 14, like what, 14 years now, but people are still bringing it up, whether it be at meet and greets, whether it be in interviews like this one. Yeah. And I think that's only a testament to how, uh, you know, how much of like, if you were to consider, you know, consider it like it was a, tra you know, you and Awesome Kong, you were, were pioneers, you mm -hmm. were trailblazers. And in so many ways, you, I like, I mentioned, like I had never seen anything like it because it was so intense and it brought the intensity and that kind of you know uh I don't know how else to call it other than intensity like yeah. you don't you didn't see that that often so it's so cool to that even years now uh years later like yeah. it's something that is still constantly brought up and that was going to be one of my following questions mm -hmm. because we know that uh you know when uh, WWE started doing like the the revolution, the evolution and this and that, uh, there was a lot of people, you know, kind of talking yes. about that. But then there was this like other group of people that were like, hey, man, like Impact Wrestling has really been at the forefront of pushing uh, women's wrestling forward, especially in this in this country. Your feud with Awesome yes. Kong and what Impact Wrestling has done for the women is really up there with I would I would say that you guys kind of deserve the credit for that. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, do you feel that Impact Wrestling and yourself and Kong have gotten the credit that you deserve, the recognition that you deserve for really bringing, changing the perception of women's wrestling here in the United States? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of fans feel like we don't get our due, but I, I definitely feel like we do get our due, uh, at least from our peers, especially, uh, and a lot of fans. I think a lot of fans, the hardcore fans, you know, the really loyal intense wrestling fans who have followed from you know their whole lives basically they know you know they know what we've done and thank god um you know for people like jeff jared and scott demore and people that were there at the time that actually gave us that opportunity to be able at least gave us that ball so that we could run with it and um i feel like we do get the credit because i mean it's in history you can go back and look and say wow you know when the women's revolution or evolution, whatever you want to call it, happened mainstream on a huge level. Um, not to take away from anything, those I have utmost respect for like the Sasha Banks and the Charlotte Flairs and Bailey's and Becky's of the world. Um, you know, I I'm really proud of what we've done, and everyone that talks about it, other wrestlers, you know, male wrestlers will say, "Well, you guys were doing it in 2007," and that's. Um, years before we were talking about this whole phrase of women's revolution. So I'm proud of that. And as long as people know that we've always done that, Impact Wrestling TNA has always given us that opportunity and they've never wavered from that time. They've always continued with that women's division. Even when I left and went back to WWE, it was still continuing. It's never stopped. It's never stopped. And now, you know, that was 10 girls then. We have about 20 girls now, all being utilized everyone having a you know a valued position on the roster it's it's so wonderful to see because it does bring everyone together because they don't feel as cutthroat because they know they have a role and all the girls just want to prop each other up and really just deliver and be the best division in the world right now 
Exactly. So let's go ahead and jump right into that because you have an executive position in Impact Wrestling and it's not every day. In fact, it's very, it's kind of unheard of to hear of an ex-female wrestler go in and take a, a, an executive position with a wrestling promotion. So I do kind of want to ask you about, you know, what your role is within Impact Wrestling yeah. and what are some of those responsibilities, duties that yeah. you do uh, for Impact? Yeah, I mean, it was a natural progression for me because once I knew, I, I would say in my last couple of years of being a talent, uh, it was, you know, you become this veteran in the locker room. And so the girls really value your opinion. And so we always had producers and agents that guided us along the way. And it became in my last couple of years where the girls would ask the producer their feedback. And then they would ask me my feedback as well. It just happened naturally. And, and I love that. I love creativity in the ring. That's where my heart is in terms of matches and per, uh, putting together these interesting, compelling matches, storylines, you know, getting the fans emotion. And so, you know, it was a running joke because, uh, Pat Kinney, Simon Diamond, used to be the girl's agent, like in my last couple of years. And he'd have these the his these papers in his back pocket. And whenever I'd, he'd give us feedback, and then I would, he'd hand, he'd go, here, Gail, since you want my job, right? <laughs> like, That's you amazing. I have my job in a couple of years once <laughs> I get out. And we'd always laugh about it because we had a great relationship. And I mean, it eventually happened. And listen, I'm just so invested because I've been part of this division from day one. And I'm just like, now it's become, I'm like a proud mom. Cause I don't have, you know, I have step girls, but I don't have like little kids of my own. I have godchildren and nephews and all these things, but these girls are literally my heart in a sense, because when they accomplish things and they kill it, I'm having that high that I got as a talent for weeks on end, just as for them. Uh, I'm just like, it's so incredible. Like, I'm just so happy that you guys killed it. And it's, um, it's a great feeling because it gives me that fulfillment that I don't get anymore from being in the ring. And with that being said, I know you and the way that you told me the story, it seemed like a very natural transition from, you know, from going from out of retirement into uh, into this role. So were, were there when, when it was made official, did you have any sort of hesitations or were you like, what was your primary goal oh, that yeah. you wanted to accomplish? <laughs> well, I think everyone would think that it's an easy transition and it was a natural progression, but I wouldn't say it was easy because being a wrestler in the rings completely different from being a producer. And so at the beginning, it took a while for me to be able to like, not want to jump through the screen to control everything. And, you know, I'm like, why can't I just do it like this or, you know, uh, 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 execute something, you know, that maybe they didn't get, uh, cause I'm a perfectionist by nature. And I remember, cause I asked Jeff Jarrett for the job cause he was, the management at the time running a place and he said yeah you can become a producer and i said okay can i shadow dutch or something you know another producer so that i kind of know what it entails and let me just he said yes but i got thrown on a live pay-per-view my first time it was the scariest thing ever and i'm sure i don't remember what happened but i'm sure it was terrible <laughs> 
but you know, you just grow into, and just like I was thrown to the wolves, like I said, in my WWE debut, it was kind of the same thing in that regard, but I had people supporting me, you know, people sitting next to me and, you know, helping me out and guiding me along the way. And now I also am, um, in talent relations with D'Lo Brown. He, we're like work husband, work wife. Um, so we're there for talent pr predominantly, right? So it's great. I have a relationship with the men as well as the women. Yeah, see, that's really cool because, you know, you you have like this, it, it seems like you just kept going like here, here and higher and higher mm -hmm. uh, in your like, you know, line of what your responsibilities. Yes. And I think that's really cool because, you know, you're somebody because of all the work that you did in the past, I feel like you're very, very respected, not just by the women, but also by the men. So it's really cool to be able to, uh, to say like, hey, like here I am. I almost feel like you're trailblazing now too, but in a different way, in a behind the scenes way, because like I said, I like I can't, you know, there, you know, there besides like, you know, uh, Dixie Carter, Stephanie McMahon, like you yeah. can't really think of very many women that have held positions uh, similar to this. And, you know, yours, your route to that position was very different from theirs as well. So yeah. I do want to ask, how important do you think it is to have a, a female representative, not just for like the women's division, but also taking an on an even bigger role in terms of like, uh, you know, with the talent relations aspect Absolutely. of it? Absolutely. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Scott Demore right now is pretty much at the head of this running things. And he, you know, without the men who believe in the women and give us these opportunities, we wouldn't be able to grow and progress in that way. And he has given that opportunity. And now like Christy Hemi's back and Madison Rain uh, is producing and doing the talent. It's, it, it gives, you know, we're not going to see, Mickey had just said this yesterday and it's, I have the same thought process. Men will never express the way the women can in the way that we think. You know, they can always kind of guess how we would translate things, but women are going to think very differently, just as men would think. I can't think like a man, right? I can try my best, but I, I don't think I would be able to really accurately do that. And so now it's given women more of an accurate, um, the way the fans would perceive us, you know, and maybe create more opportunities and maybe bring in more women in those management positions that could help also with future pay, you know, and on a more equal level. Um, that's ultimately where we would like to land, where it's not even where we're thinking it's women and men, it's just people, right? And uh, that's ultimately the goal for all of us. Right I think I love that you said that too, because yeah. I feel like with women, we're always like, I don't know if afraid's the right word, but we're always going above and beyond. I feel yes. to prove like, hey, I'm in this position not because I'm a woman, but because I'm a person that works hard and I'm good at my job. Absolutely. And, and I, but, it, but being a woman is a huge part of it, but you also want to say like, Hey, like I'm here, like trying to like, you know, represent everybody else. And I know when you are in a male dominated world, sometimes yeah. it's a little bit, you know, it's difficult to navigate the waters because like you mentioned the communication between like a woman to woman is different from like yes. woman to man. Uh, so <laughs> it, like, I always like, I was curious about that because I was wondering like, you know, was it, uh, you know, and because you do have, that respect though i imagine that it's it wasn't like 
I don't want to say like your voice is not heard because you always had that like respect, but yeah. it is different when is. you're climbing the ladder up into like the corporate side of things. Yeah, if I'm going to be honest, um, even when I'm moving up the ladder, I'm still surrounded by all men. And it's just in my innate, um, just my instincts of trying to battle and prove myself constantly, you know, but as more women are coming in, I feel supported more. So I don't feel like I'm in a constant battle all the time. Um, it's getting better and better every year. And uh, I want to do that for other women as well. And I just want, um, yeah, I, I don't want us to always feel like we're battling. Of course, you want to keep that competitive edge to help you have some motivation and drive. But I want to feel supported and feel like I'm part of a team. And that's what I feel like right now. I love that. I really, really love that. And I, I just, I think it's so cool kind of like hearing your experience and knowing like, you know, just things that, you know, women go through and how we basically present ourselves to keep climbing the ladder of success. Absolutely. Hey, I, and I say this all the time, um, you know, especially when I came into talent relations and how people almost expected me almost to be kind of man-like I guess you know and I said there are things certain things like being a strong woman can be perceived in different ways so I oh you know there could be a man out there and he could be yelling and all these things to get his point across and I I can't necessarily oh did we get to are we good oh I can't hear you oh okay there you're back you're back okay we're good no worries no worries um it's almost like if I yelled then I could be perceived as can I say a bitch exactly there's <laughs> two different right? rules so yes there is complete two different rules and so I always had to balance that line of let me I have to keep my respect level and you know I'm figuring it out still as I go along you know and that's a normal thing it's okay um just as long as I have the right people around me and I do, and I have support within not just the people I work with, but my husband and, you know, just the people you need to lean on that really know you and believe in you. I love that. It's a beautiful thing. So I just got a couple more questions because uh, I do want to get into the anniversary card yes. because um, one of the things that I feel we definitely need to touch on is the fact that, you know, we've seen impact throughout the years do a lot with the women's division. And most recently we saw, you know, the first women's ultimate X match. Yes. We saw the incorporation of the digital media championship yeah. and we're going to be get, uh, uh, we're going to be getting the first ever queen of the mountain. Yes. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that and yeah. kind of how you feel about all of these, you know, steps that are being taken. It's amazing. I mean, you brought up the Ultimate X and I've talked about a, a lot about that recently because at that time, the way the Ultimate X happened was the girls, you know, I was used to fighting for everything. So it's nice to see the girls now fighting for what they want that I don't have to fight for them as well, you know, because sometimes they'll lean on me, but now they have a voice and they feel comfortable to fight for what they want, just like I did. And so I remember we're at a TV taping and they had the ultimate X structure up and the girls were like, well, we want an ultimate X. We want an ultimate. And Scott was there. And you know, I don't, if they were joking around with being doubtful, the girls just started climbing it, started climbing it. We can do this. We can do this. Come on, Scott. Come on, Scott. And they're like, Oh, maybe, you know, and then they gave it to them. And then they delivered. And so when it came to Slammiversary, I mean, this is probably our biggest pay-per-view to date, I would say, because it's such a huge 
momentous occasion, the 20th anniversary. And so there was no fighting for this. They just gave it to them because they believed in them and they knew that they could deliver. And, you know, it's five former knockout world champions. I mean, I look at that graphic and I get goosebumps. I'm like, these girls are all so fierce and so competitive and so talented. I've already put the pressure on them to steal the show, uh, but I have no doubt that they can. And I'm just so looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm actually feel very honored to be a part of it too. So, I mean, obviously not in the ring, but I get to contribute in some way and be part of this special occasion. Exactly. And you mentioned the ultimate X match. I remember watching that and being so yeah. excited. And when it happened, I, the last couple of minutes, I remember I was like, I don't want this match to end. When it ended, I was like, damn it. You know, like those <laughs> matches are so good. You're like, I don't want yeah. it to end. Like I'm yeah. selfishly want them to keep going just because you saw the girls doing all of these crazy spots and it was just yeah. so cool, so excited. And the fans, I remember being like on Twitter and the fans were just like so invested in what they were seeing. It was a really, really cool moment. Um, So and you, you did mention the 20 years, 20 years. Uh, You've been there for a, a, a huge amount of that time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've seen of those. So I've what? seen a lot of ups and downs. Yes. And, you know, different regimes for impact as well, different people in charge and different positions. So, Gail, I kind of, I know this is a broad question and I don't know yeah. if it's hard to answer, but what have you thought about the evolution of impact wrestling and where it started and how it got to the point where we are at right now? Yeah, I mean, it's been a roller coaster, but I feel like wrestling in general is a roller coaster, to be honest. And I've seen, like you said, many managements change and, you know, who's in charge. And uh, and we've always kind of been this little underdog, right? And trying to prove to everyone that there were the best wrestling product on TV. And right now, uh, we went through a little bit of a negative period where I think fans just wanted to hate us. And now we feel like it's really turned around. I get comments all the time from people. I respect their opinions, you know, from fans to people in the business. You guys have the best product on TV right now. You know, the storylines, the characters, the rest, you know, the wrestlers have so much talent and everyone's being utilized. You know, you really look at that roster and you go, okay, everyone's part of the show. It's incredible. Um, and we really do just come together because we feel like the underdogs sometimes to produce. I mean, I think, in my opinion, uh, 2022, we've been killing every pay-per-view consistently. So I feel like Slammiversary is going to be no different, except we're going to have a special feeling in the air, obviously. Um, we don't even know the whole card yet. Uh, what Whatever's been released right now is already so impressive to me, but I know there's going to be some nostalgic bases. There's going to be reunions of sorts. I don't even know everyone that's on the card right now because I I like to be surprised and I always give Sean, you know, a hard time. I'm like, no spoilers, no spoilers. Because I think that that's the part of the business that has been taken away, essentially. I mean, sometimes we get surprised, but I love being surprised. I love that excited feeling. And, you know, it's just... I'm so passionate. I'm so passionate. So when I can enjoy that ride just as much as everyone else, um, I love it.
And I could tell, I could see the passion in you. It's so cool. It's so inspiring too. And like, I remember I did a recent interview with Mia Yim and I know I I tagged you on that clip. So I'm I'm sure you saw it. Uh, And she really credited you for being one of those people, for being the person that basically kind of, you know, persuaded her to, you know, uh, you know, go this different direction and all of this. And it was so cool to kind of hear that from her. And right away, I kept seeing a bunch of comments from like fans saying like, yes, Gail Kim getting the you know the respect that she deserves the flowers that she deserves etc and i just want to kind of like uh mention that because i feel that is a uh you know that's a very nice thing i think to know that you are in a position where you can help you know kind of change people's lives change people's careers change the help change the trajectory be a little part of that you know yeah i i listen i just want to support women i want to support wrestlers i mean not just women to be honest i will give my advice to anyone from my experiences as best as i can in terms of giving them advice and um guidance as best to my ability anyways and so with mia specifically and you know she was gone for a couple of years and i had the chance to work with her in the ring so i knew her talents and so and of course i wanted her to go explore other options and then but you know, as the years passed on, I know that can chip away at your confidence because I've been there. You know, I've seen other people be th- be there in that kind of a situation. So I would just text her occasionally and be like, "Hey, I just want you to remember how talented you are, and don't feel down because you know there's other opportunities just in case." You know, and then so when she came out, I said, "I just want you to have a run where you feel like you're." your authentic self because I mean that's how I succeeded because I felt like I could be me and impact wrestling has always been that company that you could be yourself and we have a lot of you know creative freedom in that sense the creative department really works with like people can walk into the company and have zero character and they'll get to know you and ask you a question like the writers will get on the phone with you Jimmy Jacobs Robert Evans and now Madison's part of that it's like they get to know who you are and expand that hundredfold or, you know, what your interests are and what, pe- you know, what will make you a great character. And that's what I love so much. You know, they really pull from your authentic self. I love that. I love that. Now, my last final question, because I know I already went over time here, um, but my last and final question for you is in terms of goals, uh, whether it be for yourself and your career yeah. or your position, um, what are some of the goals that you still have left in wrestling? just keep on climbing that ladder and create opportunities for more people. Um, you know, maybe think outside the box more in terms of changing wrestling as a whole, along with the team that I work with and just create more opportunities for those people that had the same dreams as me, you know, and, uh, give them the opportunity to create that success that I've been so lucky to have. I, I, I have zero regrets whether I had ups and downs in the business. I'm so proud of everything I've done and what I continue to do. And I hope it just flourishes in the future. I think it definitely will, because like I said, you just continue to keep breaking these barriers, no matter if you're in front of the camera, behind the camera, it doesn't matter. You're breaking these barriers. And Gail, thank thank you so much for your time today and chatting with me. I really had an awesome time and I hope we get to do this again uh, in the future. Yes, Yes. definitely. Um, Guys, for those of you watching, please give this video a like, subscribe to the channel. But on top of that, do not miss Slammiversary on June 19th. I am going to have all of the links in the description box below where you guys can find out where to watch the pay-per-view 
you. But until next time, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Gail Kim. We'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone.